0: One of my favorite movies of all time, possibly my favorite movie as a a child growing up was, uh, I'm just going to read the the synopsis of the movie here and see if you can guess what it is and feel free to shout it out when you get it. In this 1980s sci-fi classic, small town California teen, Marty McFly, (laughs) Back Back to the Future, It's thrown back into the 50s when an experiment by his eccentric scientist friend, Doc Brown, goes awry. Which, why is a high school kid hanging out with an old man scientist in the garage? But uh, traveling through time in a modified DeLorean car, Marty encounters young versions of his parents and must make sure that they fall in love or he'll cease to exist. So that was uh, where I also learned about science, and um, that's why I'm not a scientist today. But... This, this movie, I was thinking about this movie because as we talk about honoring our parents, that's a really interesting perspective that Marty McFly had to go back in time and to spend time as a peer with his father and his mother too, but he's, he's spending time with his dad and just think, wow, what would that be like? What would that be like to see what my mom and dad were going through, the things that they loved, the the pain that they experienced, the things that brought them joy, the experiences that shaped their lives. So uh, we, are, we are in this series called Thy Kingdom Come, which is uh, we had just finished a series before this called The Priesthood of All Believers, this idea that as God's people, he tells us in Scripture from the beginning to the end that we are a kingdom of priests. And, and our working definition of priest was that we are people who are close to God and we are inviting other people into that closeness. And that is the life of someone who is, who is in Jesus. And so, the first place in Scripture where God tells his people, you are a kingdom of priests, is um, in Exodus in chapter 19. And right after he says, you are a kingdom of priests, he gives them his law and he gives the Ten Commandments. And so we are now looking at these Ten Commandments as pathways uh, to life with God and life in God. And, you know, God's saying, do you want to know what it is to live like a priest and how to live like a priest—the way that I intended you to live—it's to walk these pathways with me. And we—we've got a lot of misconceptions about God's commands. And so, what we're doing in this series is we are looking at these commands through the lens of Jesus and letting Jesus interpret these commands for us, either through encounters with another person or uh, telling, teaching us a parable. And so, uh, today we're we're looking at the fifth commandment, um, honoring our parents. And so. If you'll go with me to Exodus 20. This is a short one here. Exodus 20, verse 12. It says, Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God has given you. And now if you'll flip over to Luke, chapter 15. And read a a uh, parable that you were, most of you are probably familiar with, the parable of the prodigal son. And this starts in verse 11. It says, And he said, There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all that he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. <laughs> I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion, and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad, for this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. We good? Yes. Awesome. Thanks. Okay, so um, we're, we're going we're gonna to break it down into three things this morning. First, we're going to look at the call to honor. The call to honor. The second thing we're going to look at is opening the pathway to honor. And the uh, third thing we're going to talk about is the gift of honor. Okay, so starting here with the call to honor. What, what is it to honor? You know, the commandment calls us to honor our mother and father. That word honor is uh, a weightiness. It's that this person has a weightiness. His, his or her life as my mother and father has a weightiness to me. And their words have a weightiness. So as a, as a child... Uh, it certainly is obedience, obedience is included in honor, but then, as as we grow and get older, and even as a child it's it 's much more than that and you know Jesus is always talking about what 's at the heart of these commandments is love um, he 's always concerned about the heart it 's not just the outward obedience, and so it 's this love and respect and value toward our parents from the heart and This is a beautiful system that God had put in place for his people because what happens is it's this two-way street to wholeness. It's that parents, as they are following God, they are modeling with their lives and teaching with their words um, who this great God is to their children. And so these children are on this pathway as they obey and honor and love their parents to knowing and doing life with and walking with and understanding who this great God is. And it, it just brings this wholeness and this peace between generations of God's people and leads his people to him. Um, I'm watching The Right Stuff, the uh, Tom Wolf book that they've made into a show on Disney Plus right now. And so I'm thinking about spaceships. But um, it's like parents, God has designed it to where parents are supposed to be the, like the rocket boosters that support a spaceship. And then kind of once you get into outer space, they, they jettison um, it's like you are learning, you and I are learning from learning how to love and obey our parents, how to love and obey God. Um, that's the design. And so, uh, this call this, this call to obedience to this commandment is a lifelong obligation. It doesn't stop in childhood. It's, it's forever. And so, in adulthood, honor takes different forms, um, but it's still there. The call to honor our parents is still there. And so, this is This is where it gets sticky. This is where it gets really difficult. And today we're going to be focusing on um, honoring our parents as adults. And I also want to say this. um, I'm going to be talking about situations where parents uh, have caused some deep pain to their kids. And I I just want you to hear from the beginning. I'm not trying to overgeneralize and dramatize Um, everybody's relationships with their parents, but we're going to talk about the most extreme cases so that everybody can fit in here and see how this applies to everybody, okay? So the problem is that parents are people, and they sin against their children. And uh, they can disappoint, they can manipulate, they can shame, they can withhold love, they can be overly critical, they can abandon, they can put conditions on love, they can oppress, and they can even abuse, And all of this has a profound impact on us because of God's design, because we were designed to see them as these training wheels to God. And so these are the people that we associate the most with who God might be and what he might be like. And from the beginning of this command, even Old Testament Israel, there were parents who did not do this well. There were parents who did all of these things and sinned against their children in all these ways from the from the very outset of the giving of this command, and so it is; it's always been this way. And so, thinking about the parable, um, we can become like one of or both of these two sons in this parable. Um, I can respond to the way that my parents have sinned against me um, by either being tempted to either bury the pain or bury the person. If I if I want to bury the pain. Maybe like the older brother in the parable, um, that'll lead me to ignoring things and sweeping things under the rug, pretending, maybe saying, yeah, whatever came my way, I deserve it. Maybe idolizing parents in an unhealthy way. Um, Or I can bury the person. I can reject them. I can run away. I can curse them to their face. I can abandon them and have nothing to do with them. I can hold that grudge and and, in either direction, whichever way we slice it, if we engage with our parents this way, um, this can become the centerpiece of our life by either keeping it constantly before us with a a seething uh, emotion or it can be constantly before us because we are actively having to keep the closet door closed at all times. And the kind of honor that God is calling us to in this command is impossible when we live life like this. And what's happening is my God-sized expectations of my mother and father are keeping me from being able to honor them as God calls me to. These expectations are a sign that I haven't yet really experienced the love of my Heavenly Father. We're living under the law when we live like this, and we need to be melted by God's grace. The command calls us to bring honor to our parents from the heart unconditionally, and it really has nothing to do with their performance as parents at all. And I know what some of y'all are thinking. (laughs) I know you're thinking, you just want to scream out, like, did you see what he did to me? Did you hear the words that she said to me? You have no idea. You have no idea what I've been through. And I want you to hear something. Jesus is coming to set us free. And what Jesus is saying without minimizing, this is really important, without minimizing any of the pain or the loss that any of us have suffered, with being fully present with us in the pain and loss that we have suffered, Jesus is saying um, this commandment is not about them. It's about you. And remember what these commandments are. They are pathways to freedom. I am leading you on a pathway to freedom with me. And that's why I'm calling you to honor your parents from the heart. And that's why it's unconditional, because this is for your good. This is me bringing life to you. And I want you to think about it, too, that um, it's really tempting, depending on what your situation has been with your family, to uh, sometimes without even knowing it, to fall into this victim mentality, that things have happened to me, things have been said to me as a kid, and that's why I am the way that I am, and that is the central defining piece of who I am as a person now. And in this parable, Jesus is saying, no, no, no. No, no, no. It's significant, but it is not defining because we would have had these issues no matter where we had grown up because the two sons in this parable had a perfect father. And Jesus is saying, um, we need to get in touch with the reality of our own sin. Paul says in Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Psalm 51, David says, for I know my transgressions, my sin is always before me. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity. I came out of the womb sinning against God and against everyone. And so while we can be victims of abuse and we can be victims of mistreatment and we can be sinned against, we are also perpetrators, all of us. And Jesus says, I'm not saying this to you to shame you. I'm saying this to save your life. Because this is, this is how we are going to get to freedom. And so uh, that gets us to our second point, opening the pathway to honor. Because when we're living like this, honor is impossible. So all of our parents disappoint us in some way, but they all also point us to our Heavenly Father, every single one of them. No matter how painful our experience has been with our parents, and in some form or fashion, they are pointing us to our Heavenly Father. Uh, a movie that spoke deeply to me because of my experience with my birth dad was uh, It's a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, the Mr. Rogers movie. Have y'all seen this? Uh, it's it's phenomenal. And if you've read the uh, the article, that this movie was based on. That's also phenomenal. But this guy, Lloyd, who is a, a writer has a very, very difficult, painful relationship with his dad. And, um, he is, he is, he actually has this reputation in real life too. of, uh, of he was just awful. He was an awful person. Uh, the way that he treated people that he was interviewing for his articles, um, he got a, a bad rap that was mostly deserved. And so, um, his supervisor sent him to do a cover story on Mr. Rogers, I think maybe in part to try to, to help him. Uh, so he is spending all this time with Mr. Rogers. And as their relationship unfolds, he opens up a little bit and allows Mr. Rogers in a little deeper. And there's this one scene where they're in this restaurant, and he has this kind of epiphany. And Lloyd says, Lloyd is the writer, and says, you love people like me. And uh, Mr. Rogers says, what are people like you? I've never met anyone like you in my entire life. And he says, broken people. And, you know, what he's saying is like, this thing with my dad defines me. It's everything. And Mr. Rogers says, I don't think you're broken. I know you're a man of conviction, a person who knows the difference between what is wrong and what is right. Try to remember that your relationship with your father helped shape those parts. He helped you become what you are. And and this is what Jesus is saying to us too, is that this can also work in the negative. Um, My relationship with my dad can shape me by me seeing in vivid technicolor display the damning effects of sin. And that can drive home this deep desire and awareness of, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be like that. And so, no matter how ugly and how dark relationship with your mother or your father has been, in some form or fashion, they are pointing you toward your heavenly father. And that road can either be a very pleasant one or a very ugly one. But that disappointment is a doorway And the deep hunger for our Heavenly Father is awakened through this paternal or maternal relationship. James K.A. Smith says, Every child looking for an absent, distant father is on the road to cover up a deeper desire. That such a father would come looking for them. That the arrow of hunger would be reversed and that the father would return. Because then we would know he was thinking about us, looking for us, loving us. And brothers and sisters, that is who we have as our Heavenly Father. Look at this passage. Look at, look at this parable Jesus says about who God is. Verse 20, even when the son was a long way off, the father saw him and felt compassion. The father ran to him and embraced him and kissed him. And don't miss this that people didn't do that in this culture. This was like embarrassingly, shamelessly gushing, abundant love and compassion. Jesus is painting a very awkwardly, embarrassing picture of the abundant love of this Father. And the Son said to him, Father, he started going into his little speech that he had memorized. But the father interrupted him and and told his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For my son was dead and he's alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to celebrate. So, in this picture, Jesus is saying, No matter who you are, no matter where you've been, you have a heavenly father who loves you, who is looking for you. He is waiting for you to return, he is watching you. Not only is he doing that, but he's actually drawing you. He's leading you back to himself, and then when he sees you on the horizon, he is running to meet you, and he will not let you finish your speech about how, okay, I've done these things, and I'm I'm living by the law, and so I've done this, I deserve this. That's not how God works. God operates in grace and love and mercy, and so he just quiets you, and just wraps you up in a bear hug, and then he fully restores you. You know, what he was doing here and telling his servants to do, he's saying, make him a, a full son again. He has my signet ring. He can sign for things for me because he is my son. He is fully restored. He is fully brought back. He, it, it's like he never left. And now let's go Celebrate. Let's go party, let's go dance, let's go sing, let's go drink, let's go celebrate the fact that you are back, and you cannot celebrate when there is any hardness left, right? You know, those those like great moments at wedding receptions or other parties where you just like feel so free, you can't do that when there's like resentment deep down in there or unforgiveness deep down in there, and so Jesus is painting this picture that it is all okay, (laughs) It is all you are fully restored. You and I are fully restored. You know, we have dishonored our Heavenly Father. Um, his words and his life and his person have not been weighty to us. We have all run in a thousand different directions, looking for life. but we are very weighty to him. We're very weighty to him. Because the way that this father has shown his abundant love, this embarrassingly self-sacrificial love to us, is by sending his perfect son. And so don't just look at the father, look at the son that he sent. Look at Jesus, who is perfectly obedient, who honored his father to the end. When he was just enduring The most intense suffering, knowing that the cross was right around the corner. He was in the garden. We have this beautiful picture of honoring his father, saying, I really don't want to do this. I'm really scared right now. But not my will, but your will be done. I trust you. I give myself to you. And then from the cross, he's thinking about his earthly mother. He looks at John and says, This is now your mother, and this is now your son. I want to make sure that my widowed mother is taken care of. (laughs) Like he is bleeding out on the cross, and he is thinking about his mother. And because of his perfection and honoring, um, I don't have to be afraid of the father anymore. I can come home, I can be embraced. I can enjoy this party that he throws because he's just lavishing honor all over us. And the only thing left to do is celebrate and to treat other people with that honor. That is the pathway. That is the doorway that is open for us as the gospel. And when we know the love of our Heavenly Father and the honor that he lavishes on us, that is what will enable us to love and honor our parents from the heart. And that will set us free. In Jesus, we can mourn the pain and the loss that we've experienced and at the same time, honor our parents from the heart, and at the same time be totally free and celebrating in the love of the Father for us. Because of what he says at the end of this passage to his older son is what he says to us, and it is true, and he is inviting us to live out of this every day. You are always with me. You are always with me. That mother or father that you want to either physically come back or emotionally come back, that's painful, but you have a Heavenly Father who says, I'm always here. You are always with me, and all that I have is yours. You're not a victim. You're not an orphan. No matter what happened, you don't have a, you don't have a, a life, emotional, social, everything, bank account that your parents have drained, and now it's just empty. Your heavenly Father says, no, 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 you are now connected to my account, and it is overflowing at all times. That is what you have in Christ. And so now, because we're able to honor like this, we're going to move to our, our last point here, the gift of honor. You know, at the beginning of this chapter in Luke, it says that the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear Jesus, and the Pharisees were grumbling and says, this guy hangs out with sinners. And that's when Jesus tells these parables that he tells. And so, really terrible moms and dads would have flocked to Jesus. Lost and wounded sons and daughters, dishonoring rebels, all grow up to be mothers and fathers. All moms and dads who are sinning against their children were Sons and daughters who had moms and dads who were sinning against them, too. So, whether cold or critical, cold and critical, or reckless and irresponsible, um, until they have an encounter with their Heavenly Father, until they have an encounter with Him, like we've just talked about, they go through life saying, Treat me as one of your hired servants because I'm not worthy to be called your son or daughter but y'all, you know how damaging that is? Because that's the one thing we were made for. We were made to be sons and daughters of God. And when you have anyone walking through life saying, I don't deserve this, treat me as one of your servants, that is a very, very damaging way to walk through life. And so now I can begin to, to work alongside my Heavenly Father to bring honor and healing and life to my earthly parents. You know, my, my experience, um, short version is uh, my birth dad was largely out of the picture. He was definitely fitting in the category of the uh, younger son who took his inheritance and went wild. And uh, so just had a lot of confusing thoughts about my dad and how to engage with him. And after coming to faith... The Lord uh, put me in the path of a man who it was his passion to reconcile uh, fathers and sons. And so we were talking, and he knew my dad. They had gone to high school together. And so we were talking about this relationship and the complexity. And, you know, deep in my heart, I was just thinking, until this guy acknowledges what he's done, there's not going to be anything there. And then my my mentor friend said, you know, Matt— you have the gospel you have the gospel and he doesn't and so you have a power that he doesn't have and all of a sudden it was like man just the everything just changed my perspective just changed and and then started this journey of kind of thinking about my dad differently and thinking about him as just a person who needs the love of jesus and who's experienced pain in his own life, in his own ways. Um, and it's just kind of moving through life uh, the best that he can. And I started thinking, I started having that back to the future thought of what would it have been like um, to be a peer of my dad and to be a friend to him? Because that's what he needed. He didn't need yes men and yes women. He needed a gospel friend to just know him and love him for who he was and point him to Jesus. And so now we, we are these agents of reconciliation. It's this weird time-bending thing where the love of the Father can be shown through the sons and daughters of these parents because we are the body of Christ. The love of the Father is manifested in Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God, and now as, as a kingdom of priests, we are the body of Christ. We are Jesus. We are putting flesh on the love of the Father, Going back to the, uh, the Mr. Rogers movie, there's this beautiful scene toward the end where Lloyd is with his dad, Jerry, who's, who's now dying of cancer. Um, and as Lloyd has been loved by Mr. Rogers throughout their relationship, um, his heart is becoming more open to his father. You know, at the beginning of the movie, there's a scene where he punches his dad in the face. Um, but now there's, a, there's an openness, and he's, he's walking toward his dad, And his dad is laying in this hospice bed, basically, and he's up in the middle of the night feeding his his baby. And um, he says, Jerry says to him, Lloyd, I'm sorry for leaving you and your sister. It was selfish and it was cruel. Um, Will you look at me? I'm so sorry, son. It's not fair. I think I just now started to figure out how to live my life. I've always loved you. And then he says... Lloyd finally is at this place where he says, I love you too, Dad. And you just see the release on Jerry's face as um, he's been released from this burden that he's been carrying. And Lloyd's been released from the burden that he's been carrying. But it's this picture of what it, the honor that's possible in Christ. Because he's not covering up any of the pain that he's experienced at the hands of his father. He's just now at a place where he knows that that is not the defining characteristic of his life. And so, when we are able to honor our parents like this, they will be changed. We will be changed. Because we cannot be free when we have unforgiveness in our heart. And so when I have unforgiveness in my heart toward one person, whether it's my mom or my dad, um, that affects, deeply affects, my ability to love and receive love from any other person. Because we can't compartmentalize this. It's an all or nothing deal. Throughout scripture, the Lord is clear. If you have unforgiveness in your heart, you are not in a healthy place. And so when when my expectations that are God-sized for a father can be put on a God-sized father, on my heavenly father, now I'm free to love and I'm free to express gratitude even for the, the gifts that imperfect parents have given me. I'm free to enjoy a relationship with them even if even if it's one that has a lot of boundaries, okay? Because there may be parents um, that we we still need to put up boundaries and that's healthy and we can be honest and we can have boundaries and we can still love and honor our parents from the heart you know in this particular cultural moment this is a a light in the darkness when we live in cancel culture (laughs) and when somebody offends me I just want to throw them in the trash can and be done with them forever this, this call to honoring our parents from our heart and honoring authority from our heart is so radically countercultural and so life-giving and so healing for us and for the world that Jesus is inviting us to come with him in this and say, hey, I'm not inviting you to do anything that I haven't first done myself. So that is the call to us Midtown. It's called us Midtown West is to be people who are learning to walk in the love and the honor that our heavenly Father has lavished on us to bring healing and to bring honor and dignity and value and life to our parents and to all men and women that we encounter. Father, we uh, <laughs> we are so 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 thankful. That you deeply desire to be our Father. We are so thankful that our most true Father is, is goodness, is righteousness, is love, is mercy, is joy, is grace. And I pray as we leave this place that you would use your Word, you would use your Holy Spirit, you would use our brothers and sisters in this community to learn more and more how to lean into and live out of this lavish honor that you have given us to set us free and to set other people free. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.